Take your Bibles and open them to Matthew chapter 28. Very good. Let me hear an amen if you're there. Amen. That's a good amount of people. Amen. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 say this. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now hop over to Mark 16, 15. And again, let me know you're there by saying amen. Man, it sounds like most of you are there. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now hop over to Acts 1, 8. Amen. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Those of you who have been in church any length of time recognize these three portions of Scripture as what? The Great Commission. This is Sunday school. You can talk back to me. It's okay. Amen. Yeah, the Great Commission. All right, this is the final command of Jesus Christ before ascending into heaven, the last commission of our Lord and Savior to his church. And a commission is a job or orders or something for somebody else to do. This is the great commission. This is what Jesus Christ commissioned his church to do. And the title of the challenge today is this. I'm going to ask a question. What is a missionary? What is a missionary? Anybody care to take a stab at it? Now, see, you're all smart. You know I'm going to tell you here in a minute. Nobody wants, nobody wants to get it wrong. Amen. Praise the Lord. No, what is, what is a missionary? A missionary is somebody, correction, anybody who is obedient to the Great Commission. And so if we look at what the Great Commission is, that is this. We'll break it down. We'll, we'll look at all three of these, and uh, we'll, we'll, bre- we'll break it down to some points uh, here. Point number one, if you want to take notes, ye shall be witnesses unto me. So uh, first order and being obedient to the Great Commission is that you've got to be a witness. You've got to be a witness. Well, what is a witness? A witness is someone who testifies of what they have seen, heard, or experienced. A missionary is a witness for Christ. Therefore, he testifies, he declares what he has seen, heard, and experienced through Christ, namely salvation. Amen. Amen. That's when you think of being a witness for Christ, one of the first things that pops into my mind is soul winning. Going and telling somebody else how they can be saved. Amen. But there's more to being a witness than, than just soul winning. I mean, you can, you can declare the entire counsel of God. You can tell them why they need to be baptized, why we need to have standards and convictions, why uh, a measure of holiness is expected in the life of a Christian. 
All of these things need to be witnessed abroad. They need to be declared. They need to be told. They need to be, um, they need to be preached. And so the, that, is, that is one of the first things. A missionary is a soul winner. A missionary baptizes, then teaches converts the Bible. Uh, look again, here we have uh, in... I should have put that down a little bit. Right, back in Matthew, we have baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. A missionary is busy making disciples of the Lord. And after a soul is saved, he is baptized and then instructed on how to live for God and to serve him. And that is important. Uh, we many times make a mistake, I think, soul winning. When we go and we lead someone to Christ and we write their name in our Bible and we tell them we're going to pray for them and then never follow up on them. Well, we realize that when somebody gets saved, they're born into the family of God and that idea of being born, they're infants. Well, I've got five kids, and let me tell you, not one time with those kids after they were born did I walk up to them and say, all right, now listen up, son or daughter. Uh, breakfast is at 8 o'clock in the morning, lunch is at noon, and dinner is at 5 o'clock. I expect to see you there. No, sir. We had to take the food to the baby. Really, she had to do that. All right, but we have to make sure, and even now, they still can't fend for themselves. They don't even know what time it is. My oldest is just starting to figure out the clock, and he still reads it wrong, but praise the Lord. He's starting to figure out that there's such a thing as time and how to, how to track it. But no, they need mom and dad to bring them to those meals where they're going to get fed, they're going to get nourished, and because they're fed and nourished, they're going to grow. If we leave an infant Christian out there and tell them, hey, services on Sundays and Wednesdays at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock Sunday school, and 6 o'clock at uh, a Sunday night or whatever the times are for your church, and expect them to show up on their own, they're a baby. They don't know how important that is. And many of them fizzle out and never go on to do anything for the Lord because we leave them to their own devices. If we're going to be a witness, we need to take a personal amount of responsibility for our converts and go after them and recognize that they're a baby and say, hey, church or supper is at this time and I'm going to bring you. And they say, well, I have my own car. You say, it's okay. I want to bring you. You're my guest. And don't, don't, let, don't let them talk you out of it. You say, I'm going to be here at this time. Be ready. Put the pressure on them and go and get them and pick them up for church and bring them to the house of God where they're going to get fed, they're going to get nourished, and they're going to grow. That is important to being a missionary or being a witness for Christ. A missionary is busy making the disciples for the Lord. This is what you and I would call discipleship or Christian growth. Ultimately, the goal is to instruct a convert and to also go and do likewise. I mentioned that earlier in our plan for the people of Sardinia. Uh, why do we do that? Why do we take time out of our schedules to, to, to go and get those converts and bring them to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night so that they can grow and do that? What is the ultimate goal? So that they will grow and eventually do what you're doing. The idea or concept of multiplication. We need to uh, multiply. It's, it's, it's not enough just for us to do it. We need more people 
um, doing this as well. And so that's, that's the ultimate goal, is to get them to grow and go and do likewise. That is to say, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to every creature, baptize them uh, that believe, and teach them to do likewise, and so on and so forth. And this is a continuing, a never-ending um, cycle. So, now that we've established in a lot of ways what missions is, we know it's the Great Commission, uh, let's look at a few things that missions is not. And I think this is uh, very important since we're in a missions emphasis month. Uh, we ought to know the difference between what is biblical missions and what is not biblical missions. Okay, and so uh, disaster relief is not missions. I'm all for disaster relief, all right? If uh, a town is uh, ravaged by a hurricane or a tsunami or whatever, and we want to, we as people of means can help out with that, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. That is, a, that is a good work. That is a worthy investment. But it's not missions. That in and of itself is not missions. Medical aid is not missions. Oh, I'm for medical missions. You know, if the medicine in practice is used for the ultimate goal of getting an in with a certain people group so you can give them the gospel. But the medical side of things, that's a tool. That's not missions. All right, if we go and build a hospital somewhere in Africa, you know, yay, they got a hospital, but did they, did, did, did they get saved? Was their eternal soul cared for? If not, then we didn't. We didn't do something biblically called missions. We may have helped out in a great way. We may have taken care of the physical need, but that's not missions. Food drives and building projects are not missions. All four buildings got to have a place to meet. But that is not missions, not per the Bible. And if you feed the hungry but don't feed the soul, well, great, they'll go to hell full. Sad. None of those are Bible-based missionary works. The work of a missionary is, again, back to point one, the Great Commission. It's these three things, souls, disciples, churches. That's it. God keeps things simple for us because we have a tendency to overcomplicate them. You ever notice that? <laughs> it's really not complicated. Souls, be a soul winner. Be a teacher, be a disciple. Be busy about planting churches. Um, I, lo I love um, the idea of church plants because it's, it, it's, just, it's a, just a larger scale of what we as individuals are already supposed to be doing. The fruit of one Christian is another Christian. You'll know them by their fruits. If you're a soul winner, you're going to reproduce yourself through your efforts in soul winning. You're going to lead somebody else to Christ and one becomes two and two becomes four. And four. if you teach them how to, how to be a soul winner themselves, two becomes four, four becomes eight. And the multiplication uh, takes root. That is how individual growth or individual multiplication happens. Churches are the same way. If the fruit of a Christian is another Christian, then the fruit of a church needs to be another church. Why do we have a lack of churches around the world and here in America today? Churches that are preaching the Bible. It's because many of us have gotten away from or never even heard of the concept of church planting. We need to be busy starting other churches. 
our missionaries need to have church planting on the mind. We need to be busy starting churches because that church, if it's doing it the Bible way, is going to start other churches. Here's a fact for you. Just like the life of a Christian is definite, it, it will eventually end, so does the life of a church. Stop and think about that for a minute. Now, a church can outlive many an individual Christian, but the fact is, a church's lifespan is finite. It will eventually die. That's why church planting is so important. If we don't reproduce as a church, what happens when this church is gone? The churches that Paul the Apostle started, are they around today? No, they've passed off the scene. They've, 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 they've gone on, they've, they've, they've died out. But the churches that they started kept going and they've passed off the scene, but they started other churches that started other churches that started other churches and the word of God and the truths of the Bible and the, the, the belief system that we hold so dear has been passed on from faith to faith, from church to church. And if we stop planting churches, if we stop with this idea, if we, if we get away from the idea that it's our responsibility as a church to start another church sometime in our church's lifespan, then we've missed it. Then it'll end with us. And what could have happened? And, and notice this too, um, in regular human biology, most people are capable of producing more than just mom and dad. I've got five kids. They outnumber us. Well, in a church's lifespan, it's possible to have more than one church plant. You could have multiples that will eventually multiply. The, pro the problem is, is we're not multiplying. That's why more churches close their doors than open. That's an actual statistic. You can look it up. We need to be busy church planting. This, this church is a church plant. We're going to be, we're going to carry on that torch. We're going to plant more churches. We ought to. We ought to. That's the Great Commission. And so back to what is a missionary? Anybody who is obedient to the Great Commission on an individual level or as a congregation, as a group. That would be obedient to the Great Commission, all of the Great Commission. Winning souls, baptizing and making disciples, starting churches. That's it. Now, how does this, uh, how does this apply um, to you and I as individuals? Are you a soul winner? Are you a soul winner? You say, I'm, I'm never, I'm, I'm, I've recently been saved. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. Can you give somebody a gospel track? A bunch of them on the racks out back. Start with a simple invitation to church. That's where you start. And if you can do that, then you can go with somebody when your church has scheduled, uh, scheduled times to go soul winning. Pair up with somebody who knows how to go through the whole thing and lead, so and lead someone from Christ from, to, from A uh, to Z, from start to finish. Go with that person. Learn from them. You'll pick some stuff up. <coughs> I hasten. I got to be done. As a church, we need to be planting other churches. We need to be winning souls, making disciples, planting churches. You need to get behind your pastor and his vision for churches, for church planting, for supporting missionaries. How do we get behind him? We get behind him, number one, in prayer. Our prayer is his prayer. 
Number two, and this was the one everybody cringes at financially. We get behind him financially. We need a love offering for whatever. I'll give. I'll give of, I'll give of my means to see this come to fruition because ministry takes money. It doesn't happen by accident. And we do everything we can to grow this church to be in a position to plant other churches. Leading people to Christ, bringing them to church. That's it. So what is a missionary? A missionary is anyone who is obedient to the Great Commission and diligent in its work wherever they are. You can be a missionary. I'm a missionary not because I'm going to a foreign country. I'm a missionary because I've surrendered to be obedient to this commission. To be a soul winner, to teach people how to be a soul winner, and to start churches. I'm doing it in a foreign country. But I'd still be a missionary if I was doing it here in the States. It's not an exclusive title. The title belongs to anybody who will simply do what the Bible is talking about as far as the Great Commission is concerned. So let's be obedient to the Great Commission. That's my challenge to you. If you've never gone soul winning, go soul winning for the first time. Find someone who uh, knows what they're doing and buddy up next to them and go. If you are a soul winner, but maybe you haven't seen any converts come to Christ, make an attempt to go pick them up for church. This next time you, you have someone, you, you lead someone to Christ. And if you're uh, not behind your pastor's vision for church plants, man, get behind them. Start praying. If maybe there's no, maybe there's no vision yet. Start praying that God raises somebody up who can provide that vision and go. Any church can plant another church if someone is willing to be obedient to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the Sunday school hour. Thank you for the challenge. God, I pray and ask that we please take it to heart and that uh, our lives will be changed by the preaching of your word and by people being obedient to the Great Commission, Lord. God, I pray and ask that uh, as we move along into the next service, God, that you'll be with the speaker or the preacher and that uh, you'll preach something that we can apply to our lives and that, uh, that you just get all the honor and glory and praise for everything that is done and said today. In your name we pray. Amen.